Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We've got a goldfield weekend of football. We've got some returning faces to Premier League and some new faces becoming stars. Danny's got a special game for us. Front three, back four. And all of our regular fun to get up to. Let's go! Hard to tell you this, but I told you Spurs were good. Yeah. How, how quickly things change in a week? So. <laughs> how quickly things change in a half? A half time, the coaches, the, the commentators, and everyone's going, Mourinho's done, he's finished. By the end of the second half, they're talking about he's the greatest manager they're ever going to have and they're going to win two cups. Talk it's, kind of, it's kind of reassuring that the professionals do and say exactly as we do, so we can't be that bad, I guess. I still think they're useless. Hey, well, what does that make us then? No, I mean, the, I mean Spurs, not, not the Bundits. So, uh, I mean, well, should we start with them then? We may as well. So, do Spurs have the best front three in the league? <laughs> what now? What? Well, now we've got a Bell's return. Not even a little. When you've got Salah, Mane, and Firmino, are you kidding me? Or uh, Rashford, Greenwood, and Martial, Gal. Or Lacazette. Lacazette, Bamiang, and um, whoever the third winger is. <laughs> William. <Yeah. laughs> Pepe. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Nah, no way. Get out. How, how quickly I'm, things change, though. Bale's, I love, I love the thing about Bale is that he's already injured till the end of November. And then he's going to come back probably for one or two games, get injured. If he plays more than 10 games a season, it'll be an absolute miracle. I mean, let's talk about that for a second then, because... Obviously, Tottenham had a good result this weekend against um, a very bad side. I don't think Southampton are a very bad side. I think the, the well, score they certainly started off poorly, right? The, the scoreline massively flatters Spurs. Like I know Southampton defended like idiots, and every single time Spurs went and attacked, Son scored. It was it was it was a clinical finishing. But Southampton had just as many chances. Southampton went ahead. They were way better in the first half. They should have been ahead. I know the score looked bad and it was really amateur defending, but I actually don't think Southampton played as bad as the scoreline suggests. But people just look at the score and think, oh, Spurs must have been amazing. They really weren't. Yeah. They weren't. Well, uh, I didn't watch this game. I've seen the highlights, which basically with seven goals, the highlights are just goals. But the um, you you have to look at the score when your team concedes five. Like... It's like, oh, 2 1, it don't reflect the game, but you can't concede five and say they defended well, the score doesn't reflect. No, no, I'm not saying they defended well. It was just pure all out attack. All Southampton had decided to do, they just didn't learn their lesson. All they decided to do was just they were going to attack Spurs. And they got loads of chances, created loads. They just missed them. They, if, they, if they'd actually scored a few of them, they probably would have been two or three up in the first half and it would have been a different game. But they left so much room in behind. Kane was brilliant because every time he got the ball, he was like, I'm just going to smash it behind the back four and Son can run onto it. And every single time he did and he scored, uh, he was clinical. But then you would think after the third or fourth goal, he might start thinking, all right, we should probably not play such a high line at the halfway line. We should probably shut up shop. And they just didn't. They kept going for it. Uh, I think it was different. It's not like uh, a, 
not like when Southampton lost to Leicester 9-1. It's not like a game where they got absolutely battered. It looks it by the score. They really didn't get battered, though. It was, just, it was really immature defending. Well, if you're saying that this isn't really Southampton, then can you say the same for Tottenham? Is this really Spurs for the rest of the season? Obviously not getting five goals a game, but being clinical, being able to score as much as they do, beating teams that they should do and that sort of stuff. Even though last week, I mean, you know, we were both... Son's a great great goal scorer. Son is a great finisher. He has been for a long time. And Kane is obviously a good finisher. They will score goals because they've got goals in their team. But nah, they're not going to win 5-2 very often. If, again, ever, under Mourinho. There's no way another team's going to play like that against them. Why would you? It's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's not really, it's not very often that Mourinho's side in general bangs in that many goals. You're going to get these anomalies. I mean, it's been a weird start to the season anyway. What did they say? It was like 10 of the 15 games so far in the season, I can't remember which game this was at, have been away wins. Like, it's, it's, it's been quite an odd start. And obviously the weekend in terms of banging in many goals. But um, yeah, do you, do you think, I know you said Bale is out until, what do you say, December? November, I think he's out still. December. December. Um, what, well, Mark, I'll go to you first. Like, what do you think of that as a signing overall? Um, I really don't know because you're like, even if Bale's 75% the player he once was, he's still better than most in the league. So uh, he's not going to be the Gareth Bale Volds, but I just, I really don't know. It depends how happy they can make Do you think they could be? They could always, they could almost be like a, a a budget version of what Liverpool are doing at the moment. You've got Mane on the left, who's an industrious kind of goal scoring type, which you could have in Sun. You've got Kane in the middle, which could almost be like Firmino, and then on the right, their version of Salah, which is Gareth Bale, which may not necessarily be the most creative in making stuff for other players, but you know he's just going to keep shooting, keep scoring, and and probably just do like a wonder goal every few games or whatever. Possibly the only the only flaw with that is the reason Firmino is so good and the reason that works so well is he's the most unselfish number nine ever. All he, like, all he does is think about passing to the other two. You're not going to get... I know Kane did that for some but most of the time he's going to turn and shoot. So, and but, they don't have this, and they probably don't have the same industrious midfield as well. No, they don't have the creativity. They, they, they really needed to replace Ericsson. Ali's, Ali obviously got dropped. There's talk of him going to PSG. I, I don't think that will happen but... No, we'll it. It, we, I have a feeling he'll like, stay now. You, you saw it in the uh, in the documentary. He's obviously got an attitude problem. He does a bit. Um, I've I watched them. Um, I, I, I reminded myself of what came up on YouTube, just clips of when Gareth Bale was had his wonder season and what he was like before the before he left the Premier League. And it's like you would imagine a player going away for that long, and he fuck it, he's fucking young. Like I didn't realize how young he was. It feels, it feels like he's been around forever. Where he he left the Premier League just a handful of years ago. But I mean. Watching that, you can easily be attracted and be like, oh, it's going to be a great signing for the Premier League. But, um, it was eight how years young ago. He's 31. I mean, I think that's... Thinking about how long ago he left the Premier League, which was what? Uh, was it like seven years ago? Uh, it, well, 2012-13, according to Fantasy Football. I'm yeah. looking here. <laughs> so, you know... He's got 249 points that season. Yeah. He scored, scored 42 <laughs> goals in 146 games for Spurs in between 2007-2013 and then went off to Real Madrid. He scored 80 goals for Real Madrid in 171 games. He got three Champions Leagues for them. He won, the, won a couple of cups single-handedly. 
uh, as well. He, I can't believe how much hate, like how much disrespect Real Madrid have given him. He's one yeah, of the- I did see something like he scored more goals than the Brazilian Ronaldo, won more trophies than Zidane. And it's like, it's and the thing is, he, he did play his part as well. There was at least two fi- two finals I can think of. There was the final against Barcelona where he does that ridiculous run, yeah, in extra time. And there's the final against Liverpool where he did the overhead kick. So I'm like, there's at least two finals which Gareth Bell did actually win, like scored a winning goal, and not easy, not tap-ins either. So Do you not think back then with um with the <laughs> Ronaldo and the Galacticos, Europe was more competitive as a whole. I mean, the only real com- competition that Real Madrid would have had would have been Barcelona and maybe Bayern. Do you not think there was a much? It was just much more competitive across Italy, uh, in England, definitely. Like that's the reason why he's going to be getting so many goals for Real Madrid. Um, I, I don't know. I think um, Hello? the goals is his whole his whole career goals, right? So from Real Madrid, most of those would have been in the league. Because Real Madrid and Barcelona have always dominated their league and they will continue to. I don't think that's changed. Maybe Europe, I don't know, didn't used to have PSG, didn't used to have, I mean, Munich, Bayern Munich have always had, you've always had a couple of teams from England. Look at City and Liverpool. Liverpool won it year before last. So I don't know, I, can't, I don't think you can say that they've had it easy. It's not easy to win three Champions Leagues, no way. No. Well, it'll be, no. be nice to see him play when he does, but from. Uh... One Real Madrid reject to another from James Rodriguez. Everton, um, again, against a bad team and a cracking game. Calvert-Lewin, why did we not all put him in our team? I actually went to, but I didn't want to spend four more points. And then on Saturday, on Sunday, I went to put him in and he had gone up 0.2 overnight. I was like, can't afford him now. Yeah, so exactly the same because I was using my wild card. I, I had him in my team at the start because I was thinking I'll put players in to try and get the money up and when they go up in value in case I keep them and I'll change it. And then he didn't go up, so I changed him for um, uh, Wilson. I put Callum Wilson back because I was like, oh, I think he'll go up. Next day, again, he'd gone up and then I'm like, oh, I haven't got the point one anymore to play with. And I was like, it's our principles. Like, oh, I'm not putting it back in. And obviously, yeah. Scored a hat trick, stupid. But Rodriguez, I mean, he looks he looks like the real deal, at least for Everton. I mean, he does look like a player that is going to be playing well for them for a while. I mean, I think he's a good reason yeah. why they got goals. Calvert Lewin is is obviously a, a decent goal goal scorer. I don't think he's. Well, I don't think last he's week. Fair. Last week, you both said uh, Calvert Lewin isn't a goal scorer, and I hesitated because I was going to argue it, and I thought no. And I was like, well, he's been a bit of a workhorse, but now he's actually in a half-decent team. And it's like, his goal on the first day of the season, the header, I, I did think that is a header of a goal scorer. But, yeah, I still don't know. He got a hat-trick, but... I like why Ancelotti... It still, feels like he's finally in a decent team. I feel like calvert mm-hmm. Lewin's always been a bit of a workhorse for Everton. But I think it now we should hopefully see him score a few more. I really like what Ancelotti said. Um, they asked him about it and he his response they said, What do you think of Calvert Lewin? Can he score thirty goals a season or twenty five goals a season, whatever it was? And he said something like, Filippo Enzaghi played for me and he scored something like three hundred and something goals and two hundred of some, something of them he did with one touch. Calvert Lewin scored three goals with one touch. each of them with one touch. So that's a goal scorer. That's what Ancelotti and I was I was looking at thinking, 
that's actually that's a really fair point. Inzaghi made a career out. If you just turn up at the end of it, nod it in, tap it in, whatever, one touch, you're still a great goal scorer. So maybe it could come good. Could England yeah. do it? But then I still think Calvert Lewin will end the season on fifteen goals. And now I'm thinking I've missed four of those, so he'll never come in my team. It's like <laughs> However the season goes, they'll always end up around 15 goals. I'm like, well, I've missed four. Uh, he's he's not coming in now. Well, this is the thing with Everton, right? Because I don't think many of us, I don't think any of us really spoke about Everton before the season, yeah. any of our previews. But do you, I don't know, like, do they look like the real deal? Do they look like a challenger for maybe at least top six? I won't, I won't go as far as the lofty top four, but at least with some of the bigger teams, do you think they're going to give them a real problem or is this just banking oh, at the beginning definitely. of the season? I think I said it last week when uh, you two were jumping on Tottenham. And I was like, I think, pro, like, give Everton credit. They are looking like a strong team. And um, I think it might be the quick turnaround between the end of last season and this year that, like, like the, 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 the Decore signing sort of went under the radar. Yeah, so we spoke about that. But we spoke about that. And we, me and Danny both said really, really like that sign. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe I just didn't follow the, the transfers too much. But when I watched them the first week and saw their midfield, I was just like, yeah, that midfield, that mid- their midfield three can go up against anyone in the league. Yeah. And then that it's just, okay, Richarlison, when Richarlison's on it, he's quality. So I was like, they've got one, one of their front three is quality. Their midfield three is quality. And then it's just whether Rodriguez and Calvert-Lewin turn up, which at the moment they are. The thing with Everton, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm like like you, Chris. I, I didn't see it coming. Um, I just thought they've got a few, quite a few new players. It's really quick turnaround. Might need some time to adjust. We forget they've got Ancelotti as manager. They were one of the the only teams in the league with a Champions League winning manager. So uh, we shouldn't be that surprised that they're tactically outclassing teams, and doing well, and scoring goals because. That's what Ancelotti's done everywhere he's gone. So maybe, maybe they will do better than we, we thought. I had them sort of top eight, but even you know, even that, maybe maybe they are top six, top five. Who knows? And I think he's recognised something uh, in Sigurdsson. He's not playing him very very much, and I don't think just looking at Sigurdsson, he probably is a little bit out of favour. And maybe having someone like Sigurdsson, you on the face of it probably has a lot of quality. But does he is he actually a player that brings? You know, like a winning mentality and stuff. He was at Spurs before and they tried to sort of use him as, as an impetus to be good again and they, they that didn't really work out. Taking him out of place, changing him with Rodriguez and bringing in probably tougher midfielder, I imagine. And having Angelotti, like you said, we do forget he's fucking... He, he, was, he is one of the best managers in the world. So, it, I, yeah, just one of the things that went under the radar. I'd be interested to see if they actually make it in top six. Are they in... Um, they're not in um, Europa League, are they? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. They've got got Palace and then they've got Brighton and then there's Everton-Liverpool. Then they get some tough ones. Yeah, the Europa League's Arsenal, Wolves and um, Tottenham, isn't it? Yeah. If they get through, they qualify tomorrow. Yeah. um, So I'm just checking on, um, what do you say, the next few games that Everton are going through? Well, you look at the next five games. The next five games, right? You've got Palace, you've got Brighton, and then got Liverpool, but then they've got Southampton and Newcastle. Conceivably, if they win three or four of those five, maybe get a point, a nick a point in Liverpool, a nick a point somewhere at one of the away games. You, you know, 
we're talking seven games into the season, they're going to be right up there at the top of the league. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Palace are the best team in the league right now, so, you know. That is a a good point. Palace do kind of look good, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I even want to talk about them. Zaha just looks like he's playing for a transfer. He looks angry. He looks like he's playing angry. Like, like he really has. Oh, he was playing his old club. Hey, so he was playing his former club, which always gives a player a an extra sort of ten percent that they don't have normally. Is it? Um, yeah. Can we reasonably say that Man United is tired? Because that was a tired performance. But they did not put any effort in. I thought they just played abysmally. It was such a such a shitty performance by them. It's quite disappointing. It's funny because all the teams that didn't play the first week all died off in the second half. The only difference was Man United were already 1-0 down by that point. And what they were what like they were saying with Man United is they've had like pretty much no Are you got getting that feedback? Yeah. Oh. Don't know why that is. But yeah, it's gone now. Whatever you clicked stopped it. Um, but yeah, what they're saying with Man United is the uh, lack of pre-season. So obviously we had players arrested, players with coronavirus, like a shorter pre-season anyway. So they were saying, they're saying when they actually played Palace, I think they had only had like a couple of days together as a group. So fingers crossed, we beat Luton yesterday. So fingers crossed, yeah, it's just a is- start of the season blip. You can have a couple of days just together and you can not gel as a team. But I think what's inexcusable is the effort. And it was a team that just didn't put any effort in. Like, even even Bruno was looking like he couldn't be involved. He was not engaged. It was, it was just a tired performance from everyone. You're confusing effort with non, like not being match fit. I, I don't think it was all effort. I agree it was a terrible game. They played terribly, but... I don't think you can say they all just didn't want to be there, didn't want to play. A lot of them don't look fit. A lot of people are giving Trent a hard time. He's not match fit. A lot of people are giving a lot of players who haven't had any break or have had coronavirus or whatever a hard time already, two games in. Like Mark said, there's been no pre-season. You can't underestimate the impact of you know, a month or two of pre-season playing games, all of that stuff. They haven't had any of that. So I think all those teams started slow, and they will do. It'll take some time to get back up. How can they not? How can they not be match fit? Is if if they've been given a week off because their season was extended more than anyone, they had more playing time, and it was only like a few. It was only like a few weeks away. It seems like how can then they need a week off? They should have played. They should have just played the first week of the game instead of being not match fit. If they were if they were tired, if they were so if they weren't match fit, they could have played the first game of the season. It was Europe. That was the problem. It, it's about giving a fair rest for everyone, but because City and United were in Europe. It's not like they played 10 games. Like they played, you know, they played one. Uh, but because they were in Europe, they all had an extended break. But then, as Mark said, there were people with COVID, there were people given a holiday. Wan-Bissaka couldn't play because he, he was quarantining because he'd been in uh, Dubai and he had to do 14 days quarantining. So there's, that's just not the full-strength team. And, um, and they yeah. weren't. And you got Dan James and Fozzie Mensah on the right wing. I mean, what, what do you expect? And you got Zaha playing against those two. Yeah, and Lindelof looked like he was just, like your whole back line was just getting devastated by the pace of uh, Crystal Palace. Um, but I will say, like two points. Well, yeah. of that. Go on, go on, Mark. 
I was going to say where yesterday Henderson in goal and Bailly in defence just looked so solid. I was like, clearly Oli doesn't trust Bailly at all. But but in a game has- like that, you need some pace in centre back. You need pace in centre back. Yeah. Um, but I did think that the referee definitely wasn't on your side, not to give you any excuses. But Atkinson was uh, brutal. He yeah, actually- I definitely don't like this new uh, handball rule. Uh, it's so point- inconsistent. And the penalty on the, yeah. line, the foot on the line ones, it's just bollocks. He was literally like millimetres off. I mean, absolute rubbish. Yeah, the, the, the foot off the line, they've said they're clamping down. And every season they'll, they'll clamp down for about five games and then yeah. they stop. But the handball rule is getting up. It, it's a joke. It's like there was a penalty against us. There was a couple penalties this week for handball. But then exactly the same incidents in other games where it didn't happen. So like West Ham well, that was small. Gabrielle handled it and there was no penalty. And, uh, and I was like, that's near enough identical to the Lindelof one, which fair enough, your referee on the day might have different opinions. But when it's VAR, VAR should be consistent. So I don't, I don't like this rule. It's basically <laughs> they're saying now, the, the new rule is anything below your sleeve. So if you've got shorts, shorts sleeves on, if it hits where your sleeve is, it's not a penalty. But... Gonna, all teams are just going to be wearing jumpers from now on. Like, but this is the problem with VAR. It's just, like you said, the inconsistency of it. It's literally back-to-back games. We had one where the Lindelof one, I thought that was a very, very harsh penalty. And then um, the Gabriel one, as an Arsenal fan, that, I don't know how you can't give that as a penalty, even with or without VAR. He's gone to head the ball. He's absolutely missed his header and it's smacked him right in the arm. I don't know how you can't give that. That's just why I'm like, yeah. VAR is good and dandy, but football referees are some of the worst officials, and I'll continue to say it in world sports. And you've got a bunch of people that not only do they have bad rules, but they've got bad officiators who try and implement the rules and their interpretation so abysmal. It's just... I don't know how you can, I don't know where they get these folks from, but they're so stupid. And you can see when everyone else is looking at this replay after replay after replay. It's so ridiculous. Ugh. I don't know where they get these fucking idiots from. Yeah, and when you play football to yourselves and you're playing with mates, you basically call handballs when it's kind of your own fault. Not so when if you've controlled the ball and you've handballed it. They call it every second it, on a Tuesday night. Yeah, that's just a handful of people. But... Hey. Like you kind of call it on yourself. Like if you can miscontrol the ball and you handball it, if you go for a header, miss it and it hits your arm, you're like, yeah, that's handball. I've, that's my own fault. If someone blasts the ball at you from a yard away, nah, you're like, well, there's nothing I could do there. Like that's not my fault. So, did you know as a rule you can change the kicker on the penalty? What do you mean? Well, you went to take the penalty. The Haya saved it. They reviewed it because he stepped off the oh, line, yeah. and then instead of having under uh, do it, they changed it to Zaha. That's ridiculous, ridiculous. If that is a rule, what a stupid rule! It's so ridiculous. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't You're know. retaking the same thing. How's it possible someone else can take it? Because it's they're like they're changing happened. the rules. They're basically changing the rules because they want penalties to be scored. They don't want penalties being saved. Like so, they're doing everything in their power to make it easier for the penalty taker. Why? I love so, a penalty. Yeah, it's much better than scoring. I know. And, I, and there used to be things like you couldn't hesitate when you go to take your penalty. This, and they just sort of ignore that. And then you look at like 
the keeper has to keep a foot on the line and they're, they're going to like VAR millimetres. And you're like, would you ever look at a penalty kick taker and say, hang on, he did stop or he did hesitate? And you're like, they're, they're, all the rules yeah, are just made to score him. Penalties. If, if, if the hesitation rule came in, Jorginho, Pogba, all them players would be screwed. Bruno, it'll be screwed. They all hesitate. That's how they take their pens. Yeah. Well, what this new ball does is ben I think it will Bezo. start getting rid of that. What's that? Van der Beek. Yeah. Oh, Bark. Van der Beek looks good. Van der Beek, is it? Beek. Yeah. Van der Beek. Van der Beek. Who gives a fuck? Van der Beek. The thing is, do you know what? Like, he looked good, but I'll stick with what I'm saying. It, it much easier to look good in a team that looks that bad. No effort. All you've got to do is run. Van der Beek came on and just fucking ran. Actually yeah. put in a bit of effort. He's what clearly not... He's clearly match fit. Yeah, he played, he played all right yesterday as well. So That's Bruno yesterday? out of the team now. Oh, he played wow. Luton. Oh, yeah. Fucking, oh, yeah, the, EF, the Carabao Cup. Which, uh, which Should we talk about that? Uh, we'll leave no. it. Who cares? No. I didn't even know you knew the name of it, Chris. Oh god. I always I always know the names of the things I hate. Um do you know uh Leeds, I feel I feel very strongly about this and you know me, I don't feel strongly about much. But this Leeds hype train, I think people need to get get off of it because it I don't think it I don't think Leeds are as good as everyone says they are. I'm just gonna say it now. Well, how good do you think they are? Um, I think they are a team that just got promoted and probably will be, I don't know, 15th, somewhere in and around that. They won't be fighting for a relegation, yeah. but they'll be just above it. Then that is about, I think, where most people think they are. I don't know, boy. I've heard I've, some... I've, I've even said it, oh, they're going to be in the top 10. half of the league. They'll be in the top half of the league. Like Mark, Mark, you're the one that said in your predictions at the start, you were the one that mentioned Leeds. You thought they were going to finish top eight or whatever it was. Yeah, I've, I said top half, which the reason that's a big prediction is because that's not what everyone thinks. If I said, oh, Chelsea's going to finish top half of the table, you'd be like, that's not a prediction. So uh, the fact that I said it shows... I don't know, not, I think... Uh, I think getting... What's that? I think... I think people just like that Leeds went went for Liverpool. And you look at Chelsea this weekend, just defend for their lives and die a 2-0 game, where Leeds actually went and tried to attack Liverpool. So I think it was more, it was just refreshing that they're going to attack whoever they play, whether it's Fulham, whether it's Liverpool. Like they, they played the two extremes, yet they'll still play the same way. So I think it's more refreshing than it is hype. Yeah, but you concede seven goals in two games. One Liverpool, one And they scored Fulham. seven. I, I tell you, like, their goal difference is zero, which puts them, I'm not sure where in uh, the league, but I bet their fans will prefer their goal difference to say... It puts them right in the Chelsea middle with Chelsea, their 10th and 11th and Wolves. Yeah. See, that's not bad company. And I'd, I'd much prefer my team to have scored seven, conceded seven, than scored three and conceded three. Yeah, but that shit's going to regulate itself. I mean, 
Uh, Everton is second. Uh, Crystal Palace is fifth. You know, this shit is going to regulate itself. Like, it's only a two-game sample. I'll tell you who else is exciting to watch. Brighton. I might have called hey. them the season early. They were my ones to watch last season. I might have gone too early. But this year, finally, Graham Potter's got them working. And that, that Tariq Lamptey, at right wing back, that is just a beautiful yeah. sign. He's good. He, he does look good. He, they just, them and Sheffield United are just a centre forward away from being two decent teams. Well, have Sheffield United got Brewster yet? I, I heard they were, um, they were like literally days away from getting Brewster on loan from Liverpool. That's going to be their, their forward. He, he's been linked to, he's been linked to a few other teams now. He's been linked to Aston Villa. Well, they just got Ollie Watkins. So he's got a few teams that are after him. I know you should put him in. Yeah, I put him in because the, the only other 4.5 striker is Keenan Davis and he's not going to play now because of Ollie Watkins. So I figured it's my wild card. I'll put him in in the hope that he gets the signing. If he signs for Sheffield United, he'll be a starter. So that was my hope. Either way, 4.5 wasn't going to start. So that's why I did it. So I'm assuming you both love Leeds then? I do. I, I'm a massive fan of Leeds just because, like Mark said, I'd rather, I'd rather watch a team win 4-3, lose 4-3 you know, 3-3, rather than like a Villa who's going to scrape one nils here and there and just not be as exciting. Yeah, like, I I know, it, I watched Chelsea versus Liverpool and Chelsea was so disappointing. Just, I, they, as soon as the red card happened, they were like, oh, here's our excuse to lose. And it was like, well, you were terrible before the red card. Like, your success was having the game have no shots rather than you have no shots. And I, I was like, it's not that I love Leeds, but it's like with every single game being televised and it looks like it's going to be that way into October as well. You're like, well, actually, at least I know if I watch Leeds, it might be exciting. I'm not going to watch a ball fest. So. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll definitely be fun to watch. I'm just thinking more of like, I don't know, you just hear some talk about Leeds doing really well this season in terms of their league position and, and advancing up the table. And I'm like, you can't. I don't think you can play this type of football, expand the football, concede as much as that, um, and still do well in the league. It's very, it's very hit and miss. And, you know, there's sometimes you're going to have to get through a win while looking bad. And do they have that capability? Or are they just going to be like, we've got one plan, one plan only, and that's all we're going to stick to. So it'll be in- I guess, you know, there'll be an interesting team to work. Everyone thinks Leeds are just gung-ho, go for it, no organisation. What Leeds do is they outrun you, they outwork you. They are the workhorses. They, they are the fittest team. They run more than anybody else. They close down, they press. and So they're exciting because they create spaces and they score lots of goals and they go forward. But they do that because they have the, what's it called, the gang, uh, gang, Ganyan press or what the, the one made famous in South America. It's a type Gangnam of press. They're trying to get the ball back in four or five seconds. It's, uh, Gangnam style. Something like that. Um, that's why they. That's why they're going to be so exciting because it's fast paced, and and that's why I think they're going to catch a lot more teams out because they're going to be fitter than most. That's what. That's how they manage the championship, and that's forty six games. They've got thirty eight games. Is that why they conceded two late goals? Because they're knackered after fifty minutes. Well, no, maybe partly that, but more more because they just don't stop. That's all they do. They keep going and going and going. They'll they'll concede lots of late goals, but they'll also score late goals. Well, I think they're going to be great fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to have them back in the Premier League. It feels like a proper big team back. Not like Huddersfield. <laughs> no, no offence, Huddersfield fans. But come on. Yeah, but fucking Huddersfield fans. 
Um, I don't know. I don't. With Liverpool and Man City, I guess you you kind of got to mention them. I just I don't know. I just think they just just like a nice professional performance from Liverpool. Nothing special. Just they had a Chelsea side that really I, going for them. So they just, just yeah. I think the next few weeks, the realization that the top two will run away again will slowly set in. We start the season with optimism that we'll have a top six, we'll have a battle, and then eight games will go. Liverpool will win eight. Man City will win eight. There'll be questions over how good they looked in their wins, but they'll already be six, seven points of third. And, uh, the most demoralising thing, like, thing about watching that City game was about 15, 20 minutes in. I just thought, this team could not get beaten all year. That's how good they are. And that's, oh, oh, Wolves, Wolves did end the game well. Wolves ended, admittedly, they did well in the second half. But after that first half, City just looked like... Who's going to beat this team? They're that. They're there again. They're back. And Kevin De Bruyne is just. I mean, he's just too good. He's just too good. There is no one like him. I don't know. I think you got Jesus up front, and if he's going to be your point man, and well, he's not. He's going to have Aguero. He's just not interested. Yeah, it depends on how long Aguero's out for. But you know, once they start playing some real teams like Liverpool and Arsenal, you've got to be much, much more clinical. And um, I don't know. They don't, to me, they don't seem like they're the, the full complement. I mean, Walker is probably on the downward slope. I don't think he looks as good. I don't know if they're. I guess you know they only scored one against uh, Wolves. Only scored one against them. But even their centre backs aren't a full a full set. Like, I think they still got a lot of places in which they can improve. You just look at the Bruyne and you think, wow, they look like a fantastic team. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced by that. I think there's a lot of teams. Yeah, probably- I thought the end of last season they looked like a one man team. Yeah, and there's no evidence that they're moving away from that. But that one man... Is- uh, granted, if you are one man, yeah, he's a good man to be, to have. But but yeah, I, that, I still... It's still uh, this weekend just made me think, yeah, it's going to be a runaway two teams again. It is, it is for sure. But I, I mean, I always thought that. We, we all had... Well, I think all of us have put in our prediction City to win, Liverpool second. We all know that's going to happen. They're, they're yeah. two... We didn't do points though. We still we probably hoped that the points gap wouldn't have been wouldn't be so. Yeah, big. It wouldn't be thirty something points. Yeah, I think, I think we still got a chance. Like, you know, I, I I'm not sure what the the match with Arsenal is going to be like for Liverpool on Monday. Historically, not very good with Liverpool at home and Arsenal away at theirs. But I don't know the way that these away games seem to be going. Who knows? Who knows? I'm certainly hopeful. It's a good t- Do you know what? It's a good time to play Liverpool right now. They're not. They don't look completely on it yet. Arsenal look. I know. I, I didn't watch this, the West Ham game. It didn't look like they. Uh, I mean, think they hit the post a few times. Dominate. It looked like they dominated at least, but they, they got a bit lucky. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a great Arsenal performance, but they got the win at the end. Um, <laughs> definitely susceptible to to. Um, yeah. in, in both, teams are, both teams are. I think it's a good time to play. Um, to play Liverpool. And uh, funny that uh, Joe Gomez was injured, was probably going to be replaced by Fabinho now, who did brilliantly at centre-back. Yeah, he, he was fantastic. He was great. And now you've got your place for Thiago, done. Yeah, but I think that someone like Aubameyang will give Fabinho a bit more trouble than... You'd hope so. You'd hope yeah. so. Aubameyang will give Trent some trouble. Trent doesn't like defending. No, no, exactly. Oh, I don't know who they'd play on the right wing, and I'm not sure if they've quite set on it, but... Um... It'll be. I, I can't wait for it. And um, thank God, uh, COVID. They've made it fifty minutes earlier, so I can reach my bedtime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
you want to go to results league? Yeah. Keep that go. Um, yeah. We have had a pretty strong start as a group, I think. We've, we're doing all right. We're the Man City and Chelsea and Arsenal of the league, results league. Um, Mark backed his favourite team, Spurs, to beat Southampton 2-1. Um, no bonus points for you. Oh, it's a way point, so it's a bonus point for you. There you go. So how many points you get, Mark? That's two. Point for the point for the right result. Yeah. Point for it being away. Yeah. So I wanted him to say yeah. that. Thank you. Uh, Liverpool to beat Chelsea two one. Oh, boy, close. Boy, boy. Close. That's yeah, also away. You should have gone with my close. bets, Danny. Both teams to score under two point five goals. Boom. Unlucky. Both teams didn't score. Both teams didn't score, Chris. Oh, no, I said overall scores to be under 2.5. Ah, uh, that's different. Yeah, that's not what I said, sorry. No. And then I went for Leeds to beat Fulham 2-0. But a much stronger performance than that. I'm, I'm, I, I, should have, I should have known anyway we were going to concede some, but it probably would have made no difference. So I just get the one point. Whee! So I think we're all, we've all pretty much scored. I know Mark didn't score last week. No, I, I started... One in a heroic start, and it cost me. Yeah, not great. Have we got games for next week? Who's ready? Give me a game. Yep. Who do you want to start? Mark? Oh. Dan? I'm going to go for Fulham to get their first win. Oh, that's what I was going to do. It's a very good and, game. Uh, what day are they, they playing on? Monday. They're playing on Monday. Oh, that's why I can't find them. Monday, 5.45. I'm going to do Fulham to beat Aston Villa 2-0. Literally, what I was going to do, Mark. That's so annoying. I'm not doing it now. But the last two weeks, you both took mine, so I was like, <laughs> "That's why I let you go first. That's why we take it in turns? Yeah. Go on, Dan. Or do you want me to go? No, go on. You go. Oh, I've got no idea. Um, uh, I'm going to go for Wolves to beat West Ham away, and I'm going to go for a game of. Let's <laughs> see. There you go. Okay, right. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Wolves to beat West Ham away and I'm going to go for 2-0 uh, in that case I'm going to go for um, I think I'm going to go for Southampton to bounce back you know and um, I think Burnley didn't look too sharp against Leicester um, I'm going to go for a Southampton cheeky 1-0 away win at Burnley so we've all gone sensible after the record-breaking goal-scoring weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Burnley's a weird one at the moment. I don't know. I feel like at one point they can just get some upset win. They're going to be like an acker breaker, but it's a good one, especially against Southampton. They're going to be bullshit. I really fancied Sheffield United to beat Leeds, but nah, in no way. Have you seen Sheffield United? Starby games. Yeah, I, I, they look terrible, but they've never actually lost three in a row under Chris Wilder. Have they not? That's interesting. Nah. They, they do so look like, like oh. suffering from second season syndrome already, though. Only two games in. They just need a striker. They they weren't too bad against Villa. They just got no one who can score. Well, they had ten men for eight minutes as well. Villa were bad though. That Fulham shout's a good one. I think Fulham could pick up a win. Mitrovic will terrorise those those two. If they don't win this game. They're not winning a game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good point. Why? Um, 
I'm going to quickly go through my bets if you don't mind. Go on then. Well, last week, yeah, last week I said that, uh, last week I said that Chelsea versus Liverpool would be under two and a half goals. That was thirteen to ten. I bet twenty quid, so I got that. Oi! Nice. I also went um, Wolves and Man City, both teams to score. Thank you, late goal from Jimenez. Four to five. I bet fifty quid, so I got ninety quid back. Another great one. Imagine you'd actually put this money on. Oh, I wish I did. Well, it works out that I lost it all because for some reason I got very confident with this accumulator and I put £100 on Arsenal to beat West Ham. Lovely. Leicester to beat Burnley. Going, so, going well so far. Man United to beat Palace. Fucking useless cunts. 100 quid. I was so confident on that, but that one uh, I did not win. So I started with £1,000. I now have 996 So... <laughs> There you go. I've lost four quids, but I had a lot of fun with it. So there you go. <laughs> if you could still have a thousand, sorry, listen, yeah, you'll be you'll be in a good place. So this week's bets, I've gone for Tottenham versus Newcastle. Both teams to score. I put twenty quid on that down on that. That's basically evens nineteen uh, to twenty. So I'll get thirty nine quid back. That seems all right, isn't it? Yep, reasonable. I've got Palace versus Everton. So hard to score every time was. Uh, 10 to 3. That, I'm shocked by that, seeing as he's a penalty kick taker as well. He was like 7 or 8th down the list, I think, for, for um, to score any time. So I put a 10 on that. We'll get 43 quid and some change. I've gone for an accumulator. I've gone a bit more reasonable with this. Chelsea to beat West Brom away. Wolves to beat West Ham away. And this one, Aston Villa to beat Fulham away. Mm. Tough, 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 tough. But they can do it. Doable. What have you put on it? 15 quid. Basically, almost six to one. It was 5.81 over one. So I'll get 107 quid. I feel like you should be spending more of that thousand pounds. You're only spending like 50. Not, not the way this is going. If I lose four pounds a week, <laughs> last the season. I've, I'm starting off small. And if I win more, I'm going to start putting down a bit more. But we'll, okay. we're, just, we're just easing into it getting used to this stuff because you've seen my I don't know how to do reasonables in real life you know what my bets are like I don't do accumulators unless they're at least 80 to 1 so um, I'm you trying to win one a season and you're laughing so what's that you only need to win one of those a season and you're laughing which I generally do and I'm up like two grand all time for um, football bets so just from those accumulators alone so I'm not doing too bad cool. yeah right. should we do my game Yes, let's go for it. Great. Um, You'll be pleased to know that I spent ages doing this. I'm sure. Uh, and this is a game of who am I? Oh, no. Um, I've got three. It depends how long it takes you guys to guess. Basically, you can shout out and guess. Whoever gets it gets the points. But I've got three different players. Um, and I'm just going to talk you through their career and their age and their goals. And you tell me who they are. You ready? Lovely. So, oh. the first one. Nicholas Tanelka. Incorrect. Uh, born in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, in August 1986. He started his career at Cardiff in 2004, scoring 24 goals in 73 games. You, you can shout out answers, it's fine. The six, no. The six foot one centre forward subsequently had spells at Birmingham, Stoke, Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Derby County. In 2006, he moved to Birmingham, where he scored 37 goals in 181 games in a five-year spell. Born in. Who? Sorry. 
Oh, I thought you guessed. In 2011, he moved to Stoke. He scored seven goals in 50 appearances. Is it Peter Crouch? No. From Stoke, he moved on to Norwich, where he had his most successful spell for over four years, scoring 38 goals in 130 Is it Grant Holt? No. No. Despite playing for eight different English clubs, scoring 121 goals in 530 appearances across his career, he never got a single senior cap for England, although he did play for the under-21s ten times. Norwich striker, not Holt. Right. After two years, recently playing in the Turkish Super League, he's now training back at his hometown club, Huddersfield, at the age of 34 and may well get a start this year. Oh, he's not that old. He's not that uh, old. Who is this? It's a good question, then. Who is it? Who am I? Keep guessing. Well, we that, know who he is. That was all my clues. Well, <laughs> we know who he is. What's that? Well, we know who he is. Yeah, yeah, you know who he is. What were the teams? He's played for Birmingham, Stoke, Palace, Norwich and Derby. Uh, amongst the two, he's actually played for eight different English clubs. Across the leagues. Sorry, that's just more crimes happening down the Caledonian. Um, oh my God. I was going to say, I was thinking it was that Welsh striker for a second, but it's not. Earnshaw. No, it's not Earnshaw. He's not six foot one. Um, oh, I can't even think of Norwich strikers. I know. Uh, the only one I thought was Dean Ashton. So his career went Middlesbrough to Cardiff, Cardiff to Birmingham, Birmingham to Stoke, on loan to Palace for a year, then over to Norwich for four years. Wait, um, did, they, did they get promoted? What's the clubs he paid the most for? What clubs did he pay the most for? So he had 180 appearances for Birmingham and 130 appearances for Norwich. They were his two biggest clubs. Right. That was spanning nine years. Well, that must have been Norwich not in the Premier League, innit? That's the yeah. championship. Up to 2018, he left Norwich. He went to Derby. And he's at Huddersfield again. He's a fucking he's champion. To, he's just gone back to Huddersfield now, but he was he was playing for Gaztepe, the Turkish Super League, for the last two years. Dan, Dan, Dan you, know, you know I don't know anything except for Premier League, and that's... Well, he's, he has played in the Premier League. What, like three times? Fuck. Uh, he made 50 appearances for Stoke. John Waters. No, he scored seven goals in those 50 games. That's not good. Is he black? Yes. Oh, that. that uh, I've got uh, what's his face? in my head. I've got a picture I've in got, my head. Got it. Yeah, Fuller. No. Is it Fuller? No. no. Oh, oh. Um, um, is it, it's not Cameron Jerome, is it? It's Cameron Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Cameron Jerome. Love it. As soon as I you said it. he's black, I was like, oh, I know it. I can picture it. <laughs> God, that was the first one. Jesus. Oh, I think because you said he started at you, you said he started at Cardiff. Yeah. And then when you recapped, you said he went from Middlesbrough to Cardiff. Sorry, he actually didn't play for Middlesbrough. He signed for them. He never had any appearances. Sorry. <clears throat> His first was in Cardiff. Uh, yeah, Stoke, Stoke and Norwich. Yes, that when you Stoke, when you said Stoke and 50, 50 was it fifty um, appearances? Yeah, appearances. I was like, ah, oh, come on, come on. And for some reason, all of a sudden, it was like an apparition in my head. It was like a some kind of thing just right. appeared in my head. A big he, black guy. 
And then these, I'll these next ones should be easier for you and quicker. So, Mark, you're one behind. You need. And then you said he went to Crystal Palace. Now like, he definitely looks quick. <laughs> Who am I? I began my career at Nottingham Forest in December 2011, at the age of 18. Another English forward with zero caps for his country, he scored 82 league goals and 166 league appearances across his career. He's played for 10 different English clubs, including Nottingham Forest, MK Dons, Middlesbrough, Burnley and Chelsea. He's had... He had had Fenwa. No. He had his most successful season last year, scoring 16 goals and 45 appearances. He has a degree from Harvard. Not that matters. Dempsey. No. Uh, he's currently aged 27. And playing in the Premier League. Oh, jeez. Oh, Bamford? Patrick Bamford, correct. Yeah. What to say, man? It's so easy. It was so easy, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> 82 goals in 160 appearances in his career. That's crazy. That's quality. Goal again. Can he do it in the big league? Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently he can. Uh, right, yeah. final one. This is for the win. Who's going to get this first? I think this is easy-ish. So, who am I? Born in Senegal in 1976. Mane. No. <laughs> 76. Patrick Vieira. Patrick yeah, it is. <laughs> Come on. He came from Senegal to play for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, that was the, I was going to say he started his career at Cannes in 94 at the age of 18 before getting a move to AC Milan a year later. In 1996, just a year later, he moved to a famous English club for a £3.5 million fee where he made 279 Premier League appearances, scoring 29 goals for Arsenal. Uh, and he made 107 appearances for the French national team, scoring six goals and winning the World Cup. He went on to finish his playing career at Man City in 2011 and has moved into management, starting at New York Red Bulls and now currently managing Nice. But yes, well done, Mark. You're correct. It was Patrick Vieira. Patrick Martin Vieira. Um, that's all I got. I just had three because that was an effort to do those three. Is Marnie from Senegal? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I didn't hear your 76, but I was, as soon as I heard Senegal, I was like, Marnie. Uh, right, well, congratulations, Mark. You win. Good game. Joke. joke. I feel like my one was so much harder than the two, the other two that he got. Ridiculous. We both got. Yeah, it's like... It weren't, it's uh, they weren't my they're questions. Born in Senegal, because that, that, that can catch people out, because it's obviously French. But I love how you just went catch straight people the... out. Well, what do you mean catch people out? Like, this is some average bloke. Like, it's fucking... This is Patrick Vieira, like... Yeah, well, you had the same chance as Mark. And you should have got him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Some> joke. <laughs> right. All talk... I'm so pissed off with that one. <laughs> I really wanted Mark to lose two weeks in a row. Oh, I couldn't lose to you, Chris. You know... Oh, fuck off, man. I'm, I'm usually out of these games. I'm so fucking close. All right, let me gather myself here. Come on. Right. Um, fantasy football. Um, yeah, so Mark technically got more points than me, but unfortunately he spent four points. So that means I beat him by one point. So it's my transfer. And do you know what, right? Go on. 
Yeah, no, what are you going to do? Well, usually what I do is I take one for the team and I try and switch out a player for a player that I don't want just to get me some points. But I'm not going to do that this week. I'm actually going to do something a bit more proactive. And I'm not going to defer to you two, especially you, Danny, because you just made some shit signings. So I'm taking out Tammy Abrahams this week and I'm going to put in Calvert-Lewin. I think that's a great transfer. What's wrong with yeah, that? I think we've got to spend more points. But that's a spender some money. But I don't care. I'm going to do it. No, you haven't got to spend money. Calvert Lewin's cheaper than Tammy Abraham, isn't he? I think they're the same price. He's, he's one above now, I think. I was just checking. Maybe eight. Actually, he's gone up already. Jesus Christ. He's flying. No, it's 7.2. Tammy Abraham's more expensive. You don't know, remember what the first few weeks of fantasy are like. It's the, it's they they just go up and down so much. Yeah. They go, they're your stocks. So they go up and they go down. Um, and this week, I'm going to put my captain as... Oh, this is a tough one. Martial, not at all. I'm going to put Calvin Lewin as our captain because we've not got that many choices. We've got Calvin Lewin and Richarlison up front now. Yes, powerful. We've got we've... a very blue team. <laughs> Do you know what? It's actually an all right team. Uh, it's too too many too many Chelsea players. Like the, if before the was was um, was playing and starting, that'd be a, that'd be a really strong defence. I mean, on paper, but not, not getting you heaps of points, you know? Well, I think over the course of the season, Dinia Walker, Gabriel Aspilicueta, they're going to be up there. Those four are going to get a lot of points. Mm. Yeah. Chelsea do have the easiest fixture this, this week out of them. Not with the Hayer in goal as well, though. Right. right. And don't, don't... Oh, no, he won't be able to play this week. Um, West Brom have just signed Conor Gallagher on loan from uh, Chelsea. Been waiting for him to get start. He was in the championship last year. He's absolute quality, and I just thought he won't be able to play next week because he can't play against his parent club. But I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's so frustrated this week with Aston Villa's goalkeeper. I went with the right one, Steer, four point zero, and then they buy Martinez and put him in half an hour later. Fucking joke. <laughs> no goalkeeper. Saved the penalty there, didn't he? Ah, he's quality. He's good. He's definitely my team now. That's for sure. I'll let you let you know that one for free. Um. Right, I believe all we've got left is front three, back four, innit? Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, why don't you go first? Is that right? What, are you sure? Yeah, I think it's probably about time. Yeah, make a change. Yeah. All right, well, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll go. I don't really want to, but I'll go because you insisted. Um, in my front three this week is uh, Barbecue, because Netflix has a great new competition show called American Barbecue Showdown, which is my new favourite show. I'm like, I'm like most people. I love these competition shows. Uh, Great British Bake Off. Um, uh, Blown, which is the glass version of that, basically, on Netflix. And now they've got a barbecue version. And um, it's fucking fantastic. I mean, they've got some... How does it work, then? Is it like a cookery show with their barbecue stuff? It's basically, yeah. Come, it's basically, um, yeah, Bake Off, but with barbecue. And it is ridiculous. That's quality. What kind of stuff do they make? Oh, jeez. What don't they make? Every bit, every cut of meat. They've got beef ribs, pork ribs, just brisket. Uh, they've got three or four different types of smokers. They've got most, most um, uh, challenges they have to do. They have to make two or three um, proteins, they call it, and then about two sides as well. So it's not even just the meats. They've also got to make, like, you know, mac and cheese sides or they get really... Yeah, they have fryer next to them. No deep fat fries. This is barbecue, my friend. This is smoke. Do they not make chips and stuff? No, no. These got these are much more fanciful sides than just chips and, and whatever. Yeah, they, they really do get fancy with the sides. 
Um, they don't really do a lot of starchy stuff in it. It's just, it's just basically meat and then veg. But um, oh, it's great. It's great. And the people on it are such characters and real, real, real hillbilly kind of type of people. It's just so funny. They've got, they got names like, oh, I can't remember the names now. Oh, I've lost it. So, some guy's called Grub. Some guy's called, um, I think his name is Narrowboat or something like that. Oh, it's so funny. One called um, uh, Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, quite a good show. Uh, in my back four this week is um, Mark. Can you believe it, Mark? You're my back four. <laughs> it's outrageous. Mark who? <laughs> yeah. Mark Williams. Or, or more, 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 uh, uh, more in particular, Mark's balls. Because um, there's some COVID rude changes. Couples who don't live together can now meet up for sex after changes to the coronavirus restrictions in England. But casual sex is banned. You've lost what? what? Yeah. Where have you read that? What's it on about? You put it on BBC. You still can't have casual sex. You've got to stay working for much longer. <laughs> or you get a girlfriend that's in another house. Or I just get with someone else's girlfriend. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> which, would not, which would not be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're someone's girlfriend. <laughs> I think it's one of those. It's one of those uh, those those forgotten rules of COVID where they said that you can't do X, Y, and Z. And one of them was you, you you can't have sex with strangers, essentially. And I don't think that rule did change when things started opening. But I think that um, I don't think that was abided by. A bit, um, yeah, I don't know. So Mark, you got to stay like a. You got to shut up and put your uh, what's the thing called the chastity belt on for another few months. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> go on, who's next? Um, go on, I'll go if Danny's I'll, still looking. No, I've just got one front three, which I enjoy, man, enjoy this week. Um, mine is pedestrianisation or road closures. For I, one say, I, I hate those people that gentrify it. Here um, I, uh, I went into my office just once last week, not anymore. I managed to squeeze a visit in before we got locked down again. And um, in Soho, they've shut most of the streets to, um, to make it pedestrianised. All the shops and restaurants and everything can have all the tables in the streets. And they've also done this in a number of places. They've done it off in a lot of areas off Oxford Street. And, and um, so if, if there's one good thing that can come out of all this is actually pedestrianising all those areas making it a much more European feel where you sit outside, sit on tables, enjoy your food. Uh, I really like that. So I'm more, I more do. continue. But once this crisis is over, don't be surprised if you can never drive through London again. I mean, literally, I never drive in London, so it makes no difference to me. No. Well, they've done that. I mean, the, the fucking um, congestion charge rule, they're going to keep... They, they, they changed that, which for no apparent reason. It's like that joke we keep them up. Oh, it's COVID. Just... COVID for anything. Yeah. Use that as an well, did you? That was my back call last week. They've made all bus lanes twenty four seven. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like why? COVID. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Just COVID. It's a flying fuck. It's just yeah, money making. If you you live in London. Yeah. So no back fall then, Dan. Well, I, it could be Mourinho. I just hate him, but no. To be honest, my back fall <laughs> sounds very much like yours. So, I. <laughs> I'll start with my back four, which is uh, the Premier League. So after the announcement that pubs have to close at 10, Chris 
said it earlier, they've moved the Arsenal kickoff to 8pm to cater for this, which means the game should finish about 5 past 10. If you account that there'll be stoppage time in the first half, 15 minute half time, and then stoppage time at the end of the game. So I don't know whose bright idea it was not to move it like 20 minutes or 25 minutes, but yeah, you'll be in stoppage time as you need to get kicked out of the pub. So. Well, to be fair, it'll be like actual games when fans start leaving 10 minutes early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Arsenal fans are really good at that. They are. Oh, my God. They have a fights when I'm going there when people are leaving early. <laughs> but um, the, the one yeah. good thing about pubs closing early is that I'm going to be able to... Uh, uh, I'm going to have to um, shut down a pub for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. What do you mean? Be there till it closes. Means he'll be there when it closes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. You're missing everything today. I'm, it's hard to hear you. I'm not hearing everything you're saying. So that was a, that? a very Danny back four, that. It was almost Uncle Ben's. But... It, would be, it would be a Danny back four if he actually had one once in a while. Once in a while. I just saved him up. Just so I've got once in a blue moon. So uh, in my front three this week is Dana White. He was on BT's boxing this this week, and he's dropped dropped the news that he's entering the boxing scene. He's uh, he said that years the ago. last few years. But, sorry, he said that years ago. Yeah, but he's announcing something in the next couple of weeks. So, uh-huh. it, it, I don't know. Like he also said, he's going to announce in a couple of weeks what he's doing with Connor. So, whether they're linked together, I don't know. So, but. The thing with boxing, boxing has been thriving because the heavyweight division's thriving, but it's still run by really terrible managers and corrupt prom- promoters. So if Dana White gets involved, what he's shown during this period is he can actually put on fights during lockdown. So it could be good for boxing. So What he's shown throughout his career in UFC is that he's been... I won't say it's been totally fair because there's a lot of fighters that don't like their pay structure. But in terms of putting on cards for fans, he's been very much all about cards need to be stacked. It's not about putting on fluff yeah. for the main events, which will be a good thing. Like he works quite, he, he's quite good friends with Eddie Hearn. And you can see Eddie Hearn has learned a lot from Dana White. But Ooh. Dana White's just got. Um, do you think Dana White's pretty close to Mike Tyson? Do you think he's going to say Mike Tyson signed with us after his first fight? That should be a good fight. Mike Tyson's fighting soon. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, Mike Tyson? Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, he's fighting Roy Jones Jr. Who, Roy yeah, Jones Jr. is probably the, the greatest boxer ever. Is this the 80s? What's going on? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is like... It's typical boxing. Everyone needs a final payday long after they're uh, they're done. But they, if you leave it long enough, people forget what you used to be like in the ring. Because anyone who watched that. Mike Tyson, you say that, but Mike Tyson's donating all his money to charity. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see. Well, that there's two reasons you do that. One, because you know you're going to get a bigger second fight. Yeah, I need to see the receipt for that. But we'll see. But, you know, he was champ- He was heavyweight champion 1987 to 1990. Can you believe that? It was that long ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was... When, when, when he was a, a fighter around the times we could probably remember, 
that was when he was like in and out of prison. He was having a tough time, and it was because he was against Lennox Lewis, and Lennox Lewis was kind of smashing him. We we didn't really live through his prime, where he was. His prime was really when he was in his really early twenties, like twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, in the nineteen. Yeah, he, he very he very much splits opinion because in, in that time he was dominant, but there wasn't much competition. And then as soon as he fought Holyfield, and actually couldn't take someone out in two rounds. Every time, any, any boxer who hit Mike Tyson back, he didn't know how to handle. So it's, it's interesting because he does kind of split opinions. Some people say he's the most fearful heavyweight ever. Some say, well, every time he got punched in the face, he froze. So yeah, I, think it, I think it was I, jobbers that were fearful of him. But when there was a legit fight like a Holyfield or a Lennox Lewis, I don't think they really had that level of fear against him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really rate Holyfield as well, so there's no shame in him losing to him. But yeah, what people forget is when you have like Danny Williams and, and these guys knocking out Mike Tyson and now that kind of gets forgotten about and everyone's like, ah, oh, we get to see Mike Tyson again. He's as good as he once was. I was like, even when he once was, he, he died a, a sad like career death. So oh, we'll see anyway. I like him. It'd be interesting because I like... I like Mike Tyson as, in terms of he's interesting to watch, but if it's purely boxing, Roy Jones Jr. should uh, should finish him off. So we'll see. There you go. They're both like fifty-something year olds, so they'll probably yeah. Have... But Roy Jones Jr. actually, I don't ever think he retired. I think he just carries on fighting. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. There you go. Right. Maybe we'll do one next week. I'm not sure. How do you think? I'm on holiday, so I won't be. How long on holiday for? Uh, till the. It's your honeymoon. <laughs> till the first week of October. First I week of October. the first full week of October. All right. Well, you guys got the same bed? Yes, double nice. bed, single beds. Nice. Very good. Very good. Bunk. Yeah. Double bunk, bunk beds. beds. Double bunk beds. Exactly. Yeah. On top bunk. A bunk bed is technically the same bed. <laughs> they're, they're topping and tailing yeah exactly yeah. this will be your first flight in it is this you're flying yeah not ever no for during covid yes oh god well make sure you put yourself in a bubble afterwards we've got devon after that well we'll see we'll see i'm joking i'm joking there's six of us from yeah. the same house wink wink right we shall see you then once Daniel's back from his holly bumps. Enjoy. Yeah. Don't get too Enjoy the honeymoon. See you soon. All right. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.